Hello, everybody. Hi, I have a, a subject today I believe is going to minister to each of our hearts. I'd like to speak on today about our emotions and not allowing our emotions to rule our lives. If you can control your emotions, you can do absolutely anything you put your mind to doing. God gave us feelings and emotions for a reason. He has also given us self-control through the Holy Spirit to help us to be able to manage our feelings and emotions the right way, according to the Word of God. Now, this means you will really need to study your Bible and to put your trust in God to know how to understand and how to manage your feelings and emotions according to what the Word says. And the Holy Spirit will help you. First of all, let me give you a little breakdown as to why God created us the way we are. First, He loves each and every one of us so very much. In Psalms 139 verses 13 through 18, David is praying to God, and he says this, Lord, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. That's Psalms 139, 13 through 18. And even before the Lord made the world... He loved you and he chose you in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt you and me into his own family by bringing us to himself through his son, Jesus Christ. And this is what God wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. This was God's vision before the world was ever created to have us, you and I, to be a part of his family. So that means you're not a reject. You are loved. You are not abandoned or forgotten. You are loved. Somebody needs to hear these words today. So I'm going to repeat what I just said. You are not a reject. You are loved. You are not abandoned or forgotten. You are loved. We are three-part beings. We are spirit with a soul that lives in a human body. But the real me or the real you is your spiritual person. You as a spirit, me as a spirit. And it is in the spirit that we've been totally changed and made new creations just like Jesus. That is where our new birth or our second birth took place in the spirit. Jesus said in John, the third chapter, verses three, and then verses five to seven, he said, 
I'll tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus also said, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. So if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And this means that anyone who belongs to Christ Jesus has become a new person. Simple as that. That's what this means. Your spirit has been made new and alive because of Jesus and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Your old life is gone and a new life has begun. What does that all mean? Jesus died for everyone so that all those who live in him would no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised to life for our sake. 2 Corinthians 5, 15 and 16 says, So from now on, we no longer judge anyone by human standards or from a human fleshly point of view. Even if at one time we judged Christ according to human standards, we no longer do so. We no longer know or see Jesus in this way. And I'm sure you have heard people speak of Jesus as being just a man or he's just a carpenter's son. People have viewed him from their carnal, worldly, fleshly, humanistic perspective and could not see him for who he really is. When Jesus had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at Jesus. You know, isn't it interesting when you allow the Holy Spirit to speak or to work in and through you, how some people can easily get offended? And the reason for that is because flesh and spirit don't agree. They're enemies to each other. But Jesus said to them that were criticizing and you know, wouldn't accept him. He said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. And that's why Jesus did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. That's Matthew 13, 54 through 58. And since God is a spirit and he communicates and deals with us on the basis of who we are in the spirit, this changes everything. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. John 4, 24. So we now worship God in spirit and in truth. And those who are born again, we worship based on who we are in the spirit and not as to who we are in our flesh. In other words, we do not worship him according to how we feel or what things look like or what someone has said. Have you ever been in a church service and 
one of the worship leaders would say, Worship him. Lift up your hands and worship the Lord. And you only do it because they said it. I pray this is starting to make some sense to you. Don't let your feelings and your emotions hurt your relationship with God. The Bible tells us that we're created in the image and likeness of God, according to Genesis 1:27, and also shows us that God has emotions. We have emotions because God does. God designed us this way. Emotions in and of themselves are a good and useful thing. However, there are godly ways and ungodly ways to manage our emotions. Let's talk about anger for an example. Anger can also be a godly emotion. You're probably wondering how. We're shown in scriptures that God has anger and it's a righteous anger. This means being angry at all the things that oppose God, such as unrighteousness, evil, idolatry, wickedness, impurity, and sin. God gets angry when there is a violation of his character. Just as parents become angry at anything that will hurt their children, so God's anger is directed at that which would harm his children and their relationship with him. Ezekiel 33:11 says, "As surely as I live," says the sovereign Lord, "I take no pleasure in the death of wicked people. I only want them to turn from their wicked ways so they can live. Turn. Turn from your wickedness, O people of Israel. Why should you die?" We're also shown in scriptures that Jesus got angry. In John the second chapter verses 13 through 16, remember, it said when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, "Get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market." Anger in and of itself is not wrong. It's just how you manage your anger that determines if how you handled it was right or wrong. But many times our anger results from our own selfishness, which is wrong. Other times we mishandle our anger. Rather than using our anger to alert us to a negative situation and then seeking God's wisdom in how to respond, we often lash out in anger towards others without even thinking about it. It's like by instinct. If someone does something to you or says something to you that stirs up anger, the majority of people just lash out in anger. A perfect example from scripture will be found in Proverbs 15, the first chapter, the first verse, I'm sorry. A soft and gentle and thoughtful answer turns away wrath or anger, but harsh and painful and careless words stir up anger. 
We let our anger control us rather than controlling our anger. According to James 1.20, it says, The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. In other words, if you're angry, you cannot do any of the good things God wants done. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God that he has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. And that's James 1 verses 20 through 21. Ephesians 4 26 encourages us to be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. We really need to learn to manage negative feelings and emotions and to put them in their proper place, such as hurt, offense, selfishness, pride, resentment, bitterness, greed, gluttony, unforgiveness, anger, lust, controlling and manipulating others, jealousy, envy, coveting what belongs to someone else, fighting, gossiping, backbiting, lying, stealing, cheating, attending wild parties, getting drunk, being unfaithful, depression, suicidal thoughts and feelings, feeling rejected and unloved, feeling as if you're all alone and no one cares. These are not the type feelings or emotions that we allow to take over and control our lives because they are birthed out of our flesh. You can read that for yourself in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. The type feelings and emotions that God want us to develop in our lives that will produce good fruit come from the Holy Spirit. It says so. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. That's in Galatians 5, through 26. As Christians, we have the Holy Spirit to guide us and to instruct us and remind us and to help us become more like Christ. And when we're aware of our emotions and aware of God's work in our lives, we change and God is glorified. Rather than let our emotions guide our perception of truth, we let God transform our way of thinking, according to Romans 12, verse 2. We submit our feelings and our emotions to God, asking him to help us to learn what we should from these type emotions and then being able to properly manage them. We also stay grounded in God's word so that we know truth and can more easily recognize deceptions. Remember, our emotions do not define us, nor should they control us. Our value and worth is in God alone. God equips us to manage our emotions instead of being controlled by them. 
We need not fear emotion, nor should we try to be emotionless. But we also shouldn't be ruled by emotion. Instead, we are to be ruled by God. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. God designed your emotions to be gauges, not guides. They're meant to report to you or alert you, not dictate to you. That's why the Bible speaks about emotions like delight. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Psalms 37, 4. And emotions like love and affection. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. That's Romans 12, 9 and 10. And while I'm on this right now, let me say this. Honor and respect is going to be another subject I will be speaking on very soon, especially regarding Christian marriages. So, Positive feelings and emotions such as honor, respect, love, grace, kindness, and forgiveness are so important in our Christian journey. They reveal what is in our hearts and what we really believe and who we trust. But because our emotions are wired into our soulish nature as well as into our born-again nature, We must learn how to submit these feelings and emotions to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, who is our teacher, will teach us and enable us in how to discern when it is our flesh trying to have access to these emotions or the Spirit. You will learn to know the difference as you press into God and His Word. Jude 1.21 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Until next time, let the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart be acceptable in God's sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer, My prayer for you is to stay in Christ, stay in peace, stay in love, and stay in prayer. God bless you. In Jesus' name.